Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Seller Roundtable. This is episode number 130. I can't believe we're at 130 already. Andy is out today. He's doing some real estate venture thing, but I'm here with my friend Matt Schlesinger. And Mac has a really cool story. And I met Mac, as I was just saying on the Facebook Live, I met Mac um, at uh, ASGTG event in New York and learned that he you know, does a lot of cool things Amazon related, but he also co-founded an event called Amazon Pow Wow. And last week I went to Amazon Pow Wow and I had a great time in Miami. So we're here to talk to Mac and learn all about Mac and how he got into this whole event business <laughs> and a little bit more about his e-commerce story. So welcome, Mac. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Amy, for having me. And uh, it, it was great to meet you like uh, last week uh, at the power event in Miami. And uh, it's a pleasure being here. Let's have some fun here. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it was great to meet you as well. Um, you know, it's we we have to talk about um, about my experience on. Um, and this was my first when I met you at ASGTG. It was my first experience um, in like at a, a, an event with mostly Jewish attendees, right? Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And so you all have done such a wonderful job of explaining something a little bit more about the Hasidic Jewish community. And um, you guys have an incredible amount of sellers, like a big mm -hmm. seller population. And uh, the people are really great. And you guys know how to eat. Like you can eat like no, I mean, the food, the food people is amazing. If you guys have not been to any of these events, you, you have to go for the food. But Mac, tell us a little bit about you, um, your background, how you got started in this e-commerce game. So hi, everyone. My name is Max Schlesinger, and I grew up in a basically, as you see, in that Hasidic uh, uh, um, area. Um, you know, we grew up in a, those who basically studied mainly like the, the Torah and a lot of the Bible and all the Jewish stuff. And then, you know, once we grow uh, <laughs> adult life, then we, um, we get into the business and everyone, you know, finds their own, uh, own uh, unique, uh, whatever specialty or whatever they, they do. And I happen to, <clears throat> I mean, obviously before that, I worked in many jobs, but Long story short, I got into the e-commerce field by, I always had this, this thing like of, uh, you know, finding products, selling products, marketing products, you know, it just happened to be at those. So a few years ago, and I think it's going back like probably 10 years ago, I got into, you know, with eBay and then with, and then Amazon came on the board and I, I, I tried out all these different types of businesses, the e-commerce businesses that people did, like uh, flipping stuff from Amazon to eBay, from uh, finding deals. And, uh, and then, and then after a few years, jumping into the, the, the Chinese um, uh, um, private label thing, whatever, I, I went through everything. So you've done all the different business models. So you just started just selling different things, maybe reselling a little wholesale, it sounds like. And then you started, what year was it that you started private label? 
rival label was around 2014 or 15. Uh, okay, so yeah. you you were in the the greatest times for private label because <laughs> back in 2014 and 2015, if you put a private label on a private label product on Amazon, even if it was white label and not truly private label, it just sold. Like oh yeah, definitely. I remember when I started, like I, I just. I had no idea what, what I'm why I'm doing, like which product I'm selling, but what, whatever product I put on there, I mean I did my, my listing stuff, it sold right, right away. Like I I, I saw myself as a millionaire, right? When I sold the first product, you know? <laughs> well, and say. a lot of people that happened to a lot of people and a lot of content was created on that. And some of the some of the content that exists today is still teaching that old model of, you know, just pick a really popular product and throw it on Amazon and it doesn't work the same anymore. But, no, not at all. Um, but I would say that the marketing principles are the same, right? Like being able to find the listing, you still need to have good SEO, whether mm -hmm. or not that product is, is really competitive or not is the question today. Right. But um, mm -hmm. the fundamentals of listing a product and selling a product are the same. They remain right. Yeah. Um, so you started private label and um, you've done a bunch of other things. Um, and you mentioned in your community, um, you, you said when you become adults, you just kind of get started in the business is, do people do other things or is it, um, is, is really e-commerce is like really the thing that a lot of people choose. No, there, there are a lot, a lot of things that people are good at, like like construction. Someone is a plumber, someone is an electrician, someone is like a you know a designer, or you know all this kind of stuff. But e-commerce is a big is a big um, thing about the community because first of all, um, as we, as you said years ago, it was it was easy. Like you just took a product, put it on, and it sold. And you know that that's an easy way to start. So. You know, one person comes into this, and if, for example, like uh, the let's say ten people are working at a company, like uh, one one Amazon company, and then all these ten people they become sellers themselves, like uh, eventually. So the whole community grows in this. So that's why we have so many uh, different um, sellers and all these some. Um, uh... Yeah, I was very impressed with just how strong the community is, and all the different business models and service-based industries that are represented, and just the willingness to learn and um, just, yeah, it was, it was really, really great to yeah. get that exposure. And of course the food, definitely the food. Yeah, food yeah. part. <laughs> but anyways, you know, when Tim Jordan told me, he's like, just get ready to eat. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I didn't know what he meant, but now I know. Okay. So, um, so you got started in private label in like 2014, 2015, and then um, and now you have a service-based business, right? You're doing some listings and stuff like that. So how yes. did you make that transition into service-based business? So basically, how it happened is that let's say in 2014, I started I started uh, selling in a private label. I, I, I built my own brand, like a brand on different products, different categories, tried out different products, and then I stuck with a few categories that I built up, and then. Um, then I had like a big company, like a big Amazon company from our community. He found out about you know what I'm doing with my products, uh, all this marketing and everything. And he said that he's looking for someone like that, like because he has a, an e-commerce business, mainly on eBay, and he's looking for someone to take all these products and build it up on Amazon. 
So I joined the company. It was a little bit hard because I used to, I, I was like a, my own boss for a few years and now I have another boss just like this, but I did it because it's, uh, I felt like, you know, it's for the long run, it's going to work out hopefully. And it did. So basically what happened was that I worked for that company. I took all of the products and I put it on Amazon and I built like bundles and different this. I created all the, all the listing content, the copy, the images, and I took care of everything like related on Amazon. So by the time I took the job, I, I wasn't even aware of my, my specialties. Like what am I good at? What's my main uh, this? And, uh, you know, but by the time I worked in it, I, I figured it out. So they realized that I'm really great at the, the content, right? Like the, all, all the creative stuff. And but and as time went on, I, I realized that my passion is not really in buying products, selling products, returns, and, and inventory. This it didn't wake me up in the morning. So what, what did wake me up in the morning is all this creative stuff, like uh, writing the listings, researching, and uh, photography, graphics, all these different stuff. So um, you know, since I had other co-workers in that co-workers in that company. They saw what I did and they left the company. They started their own company. So they hired me on the side to, <laughs> to do the work for them. And the word got out and they, 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 they spoke with their friends. So basically they put me in, into business, but for me, it was very hard back then because I wasn't like a, like an outgoing person. I was very like shy sitting in my computer in my corner and doing the work and they all asked me to start an agency, like do it officially and for the public. But I was like, how am I going to deal with people all day? How am I going to talk to people? It's not my thing. So it, it took a few weeks or a few months till, you know, I finally broke out and, and started doing it for more people, more people until it become, a, uh, you know, an official company. I came up with the name, bestseller listers. I did everything myself. Like I didn't know what I'm doing. Like I just started and it happened, you know? I love so, that. You know, I love what you said about you realized through all of this work. And I want to commend you because you weren't afraid to work. You weren't just looking to get rich quick. You you really you're like, okay, I have my own private label. I'm selling these things. I know how to do this. I'm gonna go work for this other guy because who knows what that'll turn into, right? You were open to all of the opportunities that, mm -hmm. and, and that actually continued to open doors for you. Definitely. What you said in there is you said that you realized that that was something you really loved doing, creating listings, the creative aspect of listing a product and, and showing it off and branding and all of that was just what kept you going. Like you really liked that, it lit a spark. And I can identify with that because that same thing happened to me when I had, you know, my product, um, my product molds that I had to pay for. Uh, I thought, how can I earn money? And I was doing wholesale at the time. And I really, really liked writing listings. And so I just started writing them on Fiverr and I never knew what would come of it. But I mean, I love it. And now I get way more excited about marketing products because that's like my, my little spark of creative genius, right? than I do about the sales process, right? The, the actual selling and inventory management. Well, I don't think anybody likes that stuff anyway, but, <laughs> but that is also my little corner of the world. So I, I completely understand um, where, where you're coming from there. And I love how you weren't afraid to just dig in and 
work for it, you know, and, and figure out what, what stuck for you. So um, yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of listings being your creative spark, we, this is an Amazon um, sellers podcast. So I think that we would, we'd be remiss not to talk about some awesome listing optimization tips for Mac. So can I put you on the spot, Mac? And can we talk about listing optimization? What would you say is the number one thing? Let's say I'm a new seller and I'm launching my first product and I'm, you know, getting that listing put together. Um, what would you say is the number, maybe number one, number two, top three things that people should be focusing on with listing optimization? Yeah, so you put me on the spot. I mean, people put me on, on this exact spot every day, so I'm kind of used to this. Um, so basically, it, 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 it's very obvious because I, as you said earlier, like, you know, like 10 years ago, it was totally different, but certain things are still like the same thing that you have to do, but you, you just have to do it better. So for example, the, 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 the listing copy, you know, there's the, the so many, I mean, the listing in general, like there's so many different small pieces, like um, of the puzzle involved, like from the sales copy to the keywords, to the photography, to the graphics, every, everything, you know, it's like one puzzle. It's not like a, you, you can just get away with one thing and, and, and hopefully and be successful. So you have to make sure that every part of the listing is, is 100% done properly, like the copy, the keywords, the pictures, and obviously the pricing and, and, and the reviews is for, you know, something that you can really do. But the main thing is the creative stuff is which the whole puzzle has to, has to click together. Yeah, I would agree. Your photos really, really have to tell the story of what you're trying to communicate in your copy. And so many times I see people that have really great copy and just they explain the product so well and all of the benefits and everything and I'll go through their photos and I won't see any of that information. And exactly. a lot of people won't even read the listing if you don't answer their questions in the photos. So I agree, listing optimization isn't just about writing some copy. In fact, quite the opposite. I think it's about the idea of um, you know, what the customer cares about, right? And what, what is their pain point that you're trying to connect with? And then showing those benefits in your photos and really thinking through them for your copy. We have a process where we write the listing first. So we study the market and then we draft the listing and, and you know, in the flow of the customer sales process. And then we make the images match. So the images tell the story of what we've just studied in the market and written in the copy. I agree 100%. It's not something to skimp on. It will pay you back in so many sales, right? <laughs> sure, no, because I'm, I'm thinking now, I just had it this, this morning. Someone called me up, uh, like every day. Um, he called me up that he has a listing for a few years, years already, and he doesn't know what happened because he used to go so well, and lately he got so many competitors, and his listing's not picking up. So I told him, I don't know, just send me the listing. Let me take a quick look. So he sends me, sends me the listing. He has like a really nice content, but the picture, he has like one image uh, of, of a nice, I mean, it was a nice main image, but that's all. I was like, uh, where's, where's all the, the rest of the images? Like all the infographics, the lifestyle, etc. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessary because I have all this information in, in the copies. So it's like, uh, why do I need these images? So it, you know, it, it took some time. I had to explain him that, uh, the, especially these days, a lot of people are, I don't know how you say it, like, like um, 
visual, visual. Um, yeah so so they, they don't have patience to go through all these five bullet points and description and all thing they just click on the five six images they see everything there and they make the decision from there so i love i love brian johnson has this rule um he also spoke at powwow he has this rule of you should be able to process a photo in five seconds yeah. So you know how sometimes people go a little bit to the opposite side of, you know, extreme with their photos where it's just like a photo with so much text. <laughs> you know? Like I will literally, instead of an infographic, I'm just going to write a book on the photo, right? And so you can't, you can't process it in under five seconds. You can't get the idea of it. Um, you shouldn't really have to read in depth into the text on a photo, like icons with a little bit of text works well. Um, but yeah, I love that rule of, okay, you know, and he, he gave me, I'm, I'm mad at him for waiting so long to give me that rule <laughs> because I was um, going over some photos that we were doing for a client and I just couldn't put my finger on what the problem was. Um, I knew there needed to be a change. And he said, yeah, it needs to be processed in under five seconds. And I was like, that's it. It's, you know, we got to change it up so that it, we're getting the idea really quick. So I love that. I love that that's your advice. Um, really great advice. Cool. So you're in the service-based industry now and, and you got started doing events. So what made you decide to do events and how did you how did you get into events <laughs> honestly now that you're asking me i'm thinking back about well, how how did i do it <laughs> no but it's a long story so basically since i started i started a service company in i think in 2017 how long is it? like five um four or five years so basically um once I, I I broke out of my shell, as I told you, I was I was like very quiet. And then once I broke out, then I went and started going in public, like uh, promoting myself, and then started going to shows, you know, to to promote my company. You know, my my entire journey, my every, everything changed. Like everything changed for me. So it's like um, you know, so so when when I, when I started doing uh, like to like to brand myself or to promote myself, like on LinkedIn, especially, like I don't know if you ever was on LinkedIn. I used to be very active, like posting videos about myself, about my company. I was very active. So uh, um, over there, I got a, a big influence on, on Amazon this, and Amazon sellers. And then I, I did it on WhatsApp as well. And on WhatsApp, I have like my status, which is like uh, on WhatsApp status. I, I have like a certain separate um, app for that, for business, where I post constantly like latest updates and news and, and those about Amazon. And then I have my own group, like it's called the Amazon Best Sellers, which is a group of all like sellers and people are communicating, like uh, discussing uh, questions, answers, issues and stuff like that. Is so, that a WhatsApp group? It's a WhatsApp group, yeah. Oh, very cool. I need to join. Definitely. <laughs> the only problem with WhatsApp groups is it's limited to like 250 something members. So I constantly have to do, uh, actually right before this podcast, I, I did like another cleanup, like it removes people that are not active and put on new people whatever so it's a whole situation but it's like a very tight uh, uh closed group it's not like a any public uh, any random person can join that's cool so, so yeah so, so so to our point so i became sort of an amazon influencer throughout uh, our community and around it so people started asking me like uh, constantly you know how about do, do something in an event you know have you have all these groups you have all the students how about you you take all of your followers and clients and put them together like a one hole 
But I was like, you know, same thing when when I started listening. I was like, I don't know, it's not for me. I'm I'm not a person to go out and uh, you know on stage and, and do events. So it took some time. So um, finally, last year, I met with my great friend, uh, old friend, um, and he happens to be my neighbor as well. He's Joel Wall, and I'm sure a lot of people know him. So he basically reached out to me. I mean, uh, we actually discussed together, and then we came up with the idea: How about we, we, we do an event? Because it was right after COVID, a lot of the events was canceled or whatever. So how about we we come in and we start events again? Um, first, we started small, like we, we started thinking small, like maybe do it like in our backyard, because we had like this big backyard here in Times River. So like in our backyard, like a party style, people come, enjoy food. <laughs> and then hook up our, you know, all this, all this stuff that we have, the, the VIP, we'll talk about later. So we do that. And then we're thinking all the details back and forth. And then we realized that we have another friend, his name is Yehuda Suskin. He he did an event like a, for his organization like a few years ago. And we reached out to him asking him, you know, you, you did it before. We wanna we wanna hear from you, like uh, how you can help on this. So he was like, oh wait, I, I wanted to do it again, but I wasn't sure this and that. Now that you guys wanna do it, let's do it together. So <laughs> we, we partnered up, all three of us. And we started like with a, uh, a smaller version, you know, uh, um, event in New Jersey. It was a beautiful event at, at a golf course. And, um, yeah, my friend Christina spoke Christina, about yeah, that. She, she really there. had a great time. Yeah, so we, we started that as a, as a proof of concept. We took like a smaller hall and we had the trade show and the food. And it happens to, you know, work out even better, much better than expected. And people were very excited because we bring like a different energy, like a different vibe to the whole event this the way we do we, we, the way we do things and once we did the new jersey event people were like come on no waiting for the next event where's the next powwow and um so then we uh we decided okay let's go bigger where are we going we're doing it again in new jersey like bigger, it's kind of boring what are we doing next so we were like um how about we do it like in the winter in a in a tropical area let's go to miami and let's see what's, what's going on over there <laughs> Long story short, we did it like a, like I think it's six six week. We, we we planned. I mean, three people together, powerful. We, then we hired like a manager. You we, we, you really did. I mean, you really put this thing together. And you guys, I mean, they had just a couple of weeks to put this thing together. And I put events together, and it takes it takes that amount of time just to promote the event. And, yeah. and they did all of this in this tiny short period of time. And they had, you guys had over 900 people there. Mm -hmm. You had a humongous um, a jungle island on in yeah. Miami was huge. And you, you had this huge event venue and lots of space, huge room, huge conference rooms. You had 59 vendors. Um, so a huge kind of trade show floor space. Um, and then we had the presentations floor. You had how many speakers? We had um, 15 speakers, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and just the, the audio video, the, the photography. Like for me, I just put on my first seller meetup and I had two partners and I'm so glad I did, right? I would never want to do it by myself and without sponsors, right? But, um, and just the photography and videography and AV aspects alone, it's a huge bill and a huge um, thing to kind of plan. 
So I just have to commend you guys. The food that you had was incredible. You had food for everybody like all day long. You had drinks for everybody all day long, coffee, everything. Um, just, it was such a great experience because you could go see a speaker or you could go and visit vendors. You did this bingo card thing where you, if you, you know, got all of the vendors marked off on your bingo card, you could turn it in for a prize at the end of the day. So you're encouraging people to visit sponsors. Um, but yeah, you could go visit a speaker and see the show. You could go and visit a vendor. You could just hang out on the outskirts area. There was a magician. <laughs> he was like doing stuff all day. Like it was really cool. There was so many cool things going on. There was birds, like tropical birds, I think from Jungle Island that people were taking pictures with. Um, and then at night, you know, I'm just not going to be quiet about it, Mac. You don't even have to wrap the event because I'm over here talking about it for you. But at night we had VIP dinner and the food. Oh my gosh, the food. Again, the food. I can't believe it. There was like beef and um, there was there was steak, there was chicken, there was like, um, and everything was like hand carved and there was all these vegetables. There was a gelato bar. <laughs> there was, it was music. There was hookahs on every table. There was an open bar. Um, it, it just was so well done. You guys had a cigar bar, um, which that part I don't like because I'm allergic, but, <laughs> but overall, at least it was outside. You know, if it was inside, that would be a problem but um, people just had a great time we 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 were just talking and networking and having so much fun and eating and drinking and all the things right and then you also had a comedian you had a comedian <laughs> that was telling amazon jokes you guys did an aggregator panel that night which was interesting but there we just had so much fun all of us hung out and we had such a good time um and just the way that the event was set up it was set up to either learn network or both <laughs> so i really i or eat learn network or eat <laughs> which i thought was great yeah listen when we started doing the event we decided listen um, we're not gonna just do it. Okay, another event, another another expo, another this. If we if we do it, we're gonna do it all the way, and it's gonna be the best ever. I mean, all all these all these entertainment, all these food, everything. You know, we literally didn't sleep like almost for two months, prepping everything, um, prepping everything, and doing all this uh, hiring, all these all these people like this guy and this this comedian. I don't know all this uh, stuff. You know, it's nonstop work. And finally, we pulled through. I'm like, I'm so pinching myself. It's like it, it happened. It worked out. You know, thank God. Yeah, you know, you guys did a great job. And so, I guess the only question left to ask. Oh, here we go. Wait, before I before I do that, we always ask, um, what what you're reading or listening to from a business owner side. So let's transition back over to the business side of Mac and, um, and ask, what are you reading or listening to that's keeping you motivated? Is it a podcast? Is there something that you do in your routine that just keeps you motivated? Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. 
sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.